Welcome, everybody, to the Sons of Liberty podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. I'm introducing you guys to our new host. Finally, someone is going to join me on the podcast. We have Braxton Campbell on with us. Braxton, you want to say anything to your new audience? What's up? Um, (laughs) I'm not very good at this. This is actually my first podcast, and I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah, well, you know what? It's going to take a bit of getting used to, but you'll be the master at it after two or three episodes. Um, So I wanted to talk about uh, the conversation we have with our... Uh, I don't even know how to describe them. If they were conservative, they would actually be more respectful, so I don't want to call them that. So uh, we said we didn't support Trump fully. And uh, these people are about as intolerant as the leftists we argue with all the time. Let's just say that. It was a very hypocritical conversation. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Anything you want to put on the back? (laughs) Well, so I made a comment because I was on thin ice. You know, I'm like a new guy there. So I made a comment. So it's just like a Trump supporter thing. And you guys were like, not necessarily. And I said, Okay, like I kind of support Trump because, you know, I'm new here. I didn't want to say something that I shouldn't say. Yeah. Because I know some people get angry that mm-hmm. Trump, like for Trump supporters. And they just started going off because they think I was not, they think I'm a liberal or a leftist, you know? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Podcast. Oh. Yeah, uh, and, and you know it just got out of hand. You know it, and, it, yeah. and it's like really, if you, someone that disagrees with you very marginally, and they're just throwing all these cuss words and stuff, I'm like, okay, really, I'm just done. I just, I just stopped uh, talking to him after that. Yeah, and you know it's just unreasonable, and it is. you know what? There's no reason arguing with. Uh, with idiots and people who don't want to accept other people's opinion. That's like inherently exactly. what leftists do. Like, yeah. I don't see how they don't see um, the hypocrisy in it, but oh well, so we got some stuff to get to. I have two articles. Uh, first one I wanted to talk about is Obama finally endorses Biden. Now, <laughs> this I found funny because <laughs> Biden has been in this race for over a year now yeah and obama never endorsed him and he was his vice president yeah uh, and i uh, i get this from fox news and uh trump the trump campaign said uh this e- even bernie sanders beat uh him to it so i'm curious to see what fox news has on this so i'll read this uh the trump campaign argued tuesday that former president Barack Obama was forced to endorse Biden after sitting on the sidelines for the entirety of the 2020 Democratic primary cycle, noting even Bernie Sanders beat him too. Obama formally endorsed Biden on Tuesday after withholding support for any candidate for months. So I think this shows that uh, Obama doesn't really trust Biden to run the office. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I I don't really think 
I don't agree with Biden. So I don't really care. <laughs> I don't like Biden. <laughs> well, I mean, none of us do, but at least it's not Bernie. You know? Oh yeah, of course. I'm. I was. I was jumping for joy when I heard he dropped out. Uh, you were jumping for who? I didn't hear that part. Joy, for joy. I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but you know Biden's accepting a lot of this policy, so it it's like it's basically a half of Bernie is still there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there's not really much there. I just think it shows Biden's inability to be president. He's going to need a very strong vice president, which is likely to be Kamala Harris. I'm putting a bet on that, which I hope not. I really? hope I'm wrong. But uh, he said it, he said it's going to be a woman. And, you know, that, there's not too many good uh, Democratic women anymore. They're all fleeing to the Republicans now, but all right. So CNN put out an article uh, about the Trump administration is rushing to gut environmental protections. Now, CNN is, of course, liberal, so I wanted to hear their perspective on this. And it says, while our nation reels from the coronavirus pandemic, the Trump administration is accelerating a harmful agenda rollbacks that decimate critical health and environmental protections that will surely deepen the climate crisis. Now, I wanted to hear your opinion on climate change. What's your particular opinion on that? Um, with climate change, I, I think that it is an uh, important thing, mm-hmm. but we, we need to take way more uh, initiative over it. Okay. So I think, think the government could definitely do something about it. I feel like they could maybe enforce some more laws, you know? Regulations and stuff? Yeah, regulations and yeah. health code and stuff. But Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. And and it's I'm torn on this. So I think climate change is happening, but it is not nearly as deadly as what um people like Greta Thunberg will put it at. And uh Yeah. So when I read this, I'm torn because I'm a capitalist, right? So I believe in the free market and letting businesses do what they want. But I'm also an environmentalist in the sense that I love nature and I very much care about it. And I believe in taking care of the environment. Uh, mm-hmm. So where's the fine line on that? Um, and that's one thing I'm struggling with is will the free market, if we let it um, do what it does best, innovate will it be able to innovate fast enough and good enough to to protect the environment without government regulation yeah so about the uh you know how this pandemic's going on yeah uh and you can tell you look outside and the pollution is getting a lot better it Mm -hmm. and i think yes it's good to not have all these businesses and all this pollution and stuff yeah but on the other hand our economy cannot thrive without it so Mm -hmm. i feel like we need it but we got to find the fine line in between having uh the businesses and the pollution because you need it to run things like the oil rigs and all that but we need uh to keep our economy i mean not our economy our environment 
uh, queen. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. But it, it's like from if you were to be, um, I'm sure Dallas probably doesn't believe in climate change. If I were to take a, an educated guess on it, but yeah. with any Republican that doesn't accept it in general, uh, what it's a known fact we're going to run out of oil. Yeah, uh, eventually. Hey. Yeah, for that uh, technical difficulty, something happened. You know, Anchor's totally free, so uh, <laughs> st- stuff will happen. So I, I totally forgot what I was saying uh, during that, what, three-minute break there? Um yeah, I think we we were talking about like environment and how uh, I what, think I remember exactly how we're going to run out of oil at one point. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so why wouldn't you want to find alternatives to it? So let's make uh, electric cars more efficient and more affordable. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, companies, more companies making more electric cars and diversifying it. This is the power of the free market. This is why the free market works. Because when you have multiple people making uh, multiple uh, products, it diversifies everything. You get to choose what you want, and the good products succeed, and the trash ones don't. Exactly. And this is a problem with uh, people like Ocasio-Cortez or Bernie Sanders uh, promoting these big socialist government ag- agendas. And their plan will cost $93 trillion over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. They're their green new deal to combat climate change. It's like, if we use the free market uh, in a smart way, we can beat climate change. You just have to use it the right way. Yeah. Um, so here's my thing is I, I've always um, said that if we, if we let uh, the government control us, like in a way, um, we're trading our uh, freedom for safety. Yeah. So for us to go into more socialist is not, I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well I, I understand the analogy uh, that you're making more, you make a trade-off between government and and rights and freedom. Yeah. So like, uh when you establish a government, you you uh, allow the government to protect you, to enforce the law, but that means you can't do certain things. You can't rob someone. You can't yeah. go murder someone. There's, so there's this fine balance with it. Yes. So, so the smaller the government, uh, the the more freedom we have. And mm-hmm. the problem with our government today is Republicans and Democrats alike now believe in this big overreaching government yeah which is a problem which is why america is kind of crappy uh yeah in in a sense in american standards and that's the problem i want to get back i want to find a candidate that will um that will bring us back to our roots uh as a country in terms of government yeah of course we're straying we're straying further from uh the freedom aspect uh we're yeah because yeah. everybody's so offended by everything. Mm-hmm. People don't accept uh, other people's viewpoints, and they don't believe in freedom of speech. They hide. It's like how a lot of Democrats hide behind this um, blue wall of 
hate speech, for example, this so-called hate speech. And have you ever heard of Steven Crowder? No, I haven't. All right, well, check him out after this podcast. He's a conservative comedian, if that's what you want to call him. And he does a segment called Change My Mind, and he goes out to these liberal places, puts a stand-up, and puts a controversial sign-up. It gets people to argue with him. And one of them was, hate speech isn't real. And when I first see that, I'm like, well, some forms of speech are hateful. But what the point that he makes is that um, you, you can't necessarily define it because it's such a broad term. It, hate speech is subjective. So that's why we, we um, shouldn't limit speech. Yeah. So that's how I came to my current position. It's like, let's not limit speech. Everybody gets to um, uh, promote their speech as long as it doesn't incite violence. Yes. Um, here's my thing. So is you? it's not really hate speech if you say, like, something about, like, gay or something because it's not derogatory towards a specific... Uh, well, well, it depends on who you're asking. I would say no. But uh, if there's a super far-left gay person that gets offended by that, they might consider it. Well, yeah. I'm saying, in general, it shouldn't be. Yeah. But see, the problem is, when society dictates things, that's the problem. And that's why uh, the Founding Fathers didn't form a direct democracy. They founded a republic. Right? Yeah. So that the majority doesn't outrule the minority. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing about it. So I, I just say don't limit any speech because it, once you begin to limit speech, it sets a precedent. It, it, it's like how they impeach Trump um, over non-impeachable crimes and they didn't even conduct a proper trial, which is the Democrats and the Republicans' fault. Mm-hmm. Um. That's a precedent. So future um, future lawmakers can look back at that moment and, and use it in their current case. Uh, when, when we were arguing with Dallas, or in a way, uh, consulting with them, um, mm-hmm. they, they brought up like some points about how Trump wasn't a... Uh, What's it called? A uh, great. I was that us or I don't remember. How no, no. That was brought I, up. I I said uh, that he wasn't a uniting figure. Yeah, and I I can agree, but I can also disagree with that because I feel like he he's doing his job, but at this time he's it's pretty much impossible to be outlooked as a great person at this time. Well, okay, so here's my whole thing about it. I think Trump is the symptom of a divided country. Obviously, our country was way divided before Trump. Yeah. But the problem is Trump isn't helping with that. No, yeah. I'm not saying that that affects my particular, uh, whether I'm, I want him to win or not. Of course, I want him to win. I mean, my, my alternative is Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But see, Dallas and Nathan don't want to listen to that. They just want to have their own, their saying their right wing bubble. They're like a right wing liberal. That's exactly yeah. what they're like. They're Strong just like conservative. The, 
Well, it's not that. I'm a strong conservative. But if I disagree with Trump on something, then he'll go all beast mode on me. Because Trump is his god. It's like how for socialists, Bernie is their god. They are the exact same things. Yeah, and too much of that is not good at all. It's, it's, um, you can't, you have to understand both sides. Like with some of the left side, I can agree. Like I can agree with some of the things that Mm -hmm. they say. And, but they, with them, they, they will not even acknowledge that the other side has any points of view, you know? Yeah. But, but, you know, with the left side, it, it, it's a, increasingly uh harder to to agree with them on things because they're just so um alienating yeah it's like if you don't agree with this exact uh woke leftist position then you are isolated you're a racist you're a radical you're a nazi pretty much Mm -hmm. and that's a problem right and that's why i like trump in, in the sense that he does talk too much. He says things he shouldn't say, but he he stands up against uh, these people that are have been trying to shut us down for for over a decade. And honestly, I feel if he didn't uh, speak his mind and strongly uh, speak it, uh, he he would be impeached already. I feel he makes his point proven, and he. He does what he says, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he I may agree not with say it right. Yeah, but but it's like during this whole uh, coronavirus pandemic, uh, he says certain things that are like, "Okay, Trump, come on, man, make it easier for us to defend you." Yeah, uh, but but it's like it's not what he means, and mm-hmm. we also have to consider he's taken out of context a lot, like. Uh, mm-hmm. During the Charlottesville uh, protest or whatever, a couple of years back, he he said there was both good people on both sides, and then the media takes it out out of control. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dang Trump, why would you say that? But then uh, when I was watching uh, Stephen Crowder, he played the uh, played the clip a few seconds before that, and he specifically denounced the Nazis. And I'm like, dang. So the media was lying about it the whole time. And this is what they repeatedly do. They take certain clips of them, take it out of context to promote an agenda and to try and make them look bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with uh, the liberal community or not. Yeah, but they they will do whatever it takes to um, make the other side or someone else that they don't mm-hmm. agree with look horrible. They make them look like a Nazi. They make them look like a horrible person. Like the way they profile us. Mm-hmm. They they profile all uh, conservatives or Republicans as racist and like all that. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And it's just because they don't have any really good arguments for their stuff. Yeah. And here's my thing is um, I may say my fair share of controversial things, but in all honesty, I mean the best. I don't, I have no racist bone in my body. Um, I'm all for the country and over myself, you know, because 
that's yeah. how it is. You, you have to. Yeah, it, it, it's just really uh, unfortunate and crazy what's going on. Uh, now, I, I want to circle it back to this article, and it, it continues just days after the U.S. surpassed all other countries in the number of confirmed coronavirus cases. Trump officials finalized their rollback of the Obama administration's clean car standards, a mandate that forced automakers to make cars uh, substantially, substantially more uh, fuel efficient. By 2040, according to analysis by the Environmental Defense Fund, this rollback of the clean car standards is expected to add 1.5 billion metric tons of climate change pollution into the atmosphere, an amount equal to the total pollution of from 68 coal-fired power plants operating for five years and cost more Americans $244 billion in excess fuel charges. Another study by Blue-Green Alliance estimates that nearly 90,000 jobs could be lost as a result of this rollback. That doesn't make much sense, but okay. Um, the EDF analysis found that the new Trump standards are estimated to lead thousands of premature deaths uh, and hundreds of thousands of asthma attacks, among other respiratory uh, allelements by 2050. We're facing a pandemic of respiratory disease and unprecedented unemployment claims, and yet the president's team is reversing a program that creates jobs and protects lungs. Okay, so they spin this so crazy. like it... Yes, so... Here's my thing about that is with this pandemic, uh, of course, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's terrible. And um, it, it's dangerous, of course, but you can't shut down a country for too long. It's got to, it's got to go back mm-hmm. up. It, you can't have people lose their jobs because of it. Now, uh, and this, even if this virus is stopped, it will come back next winter. Like, well, yeah, but it's not even talking about that. It's talking about global warming, right? So it's like, yeah. if he cuts back uh, the regulations on car exhaust, which, of course, if the automakers um, start uh, making them more polluted, it will negatively affect the environment. But what are the positives, mm-hmm. the positives of that? They say it's going to ca- lose jobs, make people lose jobs. No, it's not. That creates jobs. Because the companies are making more money, so they're going to build more factories, and they're going to build better products, thus making more jobs. But they don't want to add that part. They want to leave it out and spin it all against Trump. So there's a reason he's doing it. Now, I'm not saying whether I agree with it or not. I am just saying that that Trump is making this decision in the interest of the average auto worker. Mm -hmm. And... I agree that we do need to have more jobs for that. Like, you, yeah, it's yeah. I I I haven't done much research <laughs> on it, so I have no idea. Well, my, so well, yeah. Um, it it takes a while to get used to researching and then talking about it on a podcast. I've been doing this stuff for a few months, so I'm used to it. I don't even need to really prepare for anything. I just hear something and hear a statement that's a whole podcast episode um anything else you want to add on before we close this episode dude uh i'm good i all right 
So Braxton will be starting his own show, I believe, on this podcast network. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, I, I will do one here, and then I'll do one of my own on my Instagram, uh, just Braxton underscore Campbell. It's, it's talking about a bunch of other things, but I have one just specifically talking about uh, political. All right, dude, that, and that's that. good. Also, you can upload on our Instagram account, too. And guys, if you are listening, um, go check out my p- personal podcast, Common Sense Christianity, if you are interested in religion, atheism, Mormonism, and all kinds of interesting debates. And Braxton, thank you for joining us. We are excited to hear from you on the on me. the network. And yeah, best of luck, dude. Yep. All you right. Too. Peace out. See ya.